This week's Four Questions Journalist Spotlight is brought to you by Lefts Atlanta Media, Atlanta's best journalist database. Subscribe at leftsatlantamedia.com. Welcome to another edition of our Four Questions Journalist Spotlight. We are talking with Andy Miller this morning. Uh, good morning, Andy. Good morning, Mitch. So Andy has for 11 years been the, the publisher, the owner, the founder, the man behind Georgia Health News. Uh, but things are changing. and There's some exciting things going on with the Georgia Health News. So to start with, Andy, tell me a little bit about what Georgia Health News has been and, and what these changes are. Mitch, we started uh... – we formed a nonprofit back in 2010 to kind of fill in the gaps that were being left in coverage of healthcare issues. Um, we felt that there were stories that were not being reported that we could do a, a good job on, and and uh, and and certainly we we also worked on stories that were being reported, but we felt we could bring some special expertise to it. So our our nonprofit, again, was formed 11 years ago, and uh, slowly but surely, we have built up readership, and uh, we, have, we have a media network, basically, where we uh, send our stories to more than 20 organiza- media organizations in the state, uh, get our copy, and it's, it's all free. It's uh, free to both the media organizations and to people who come to our website. There's no paywall. Uh, and what we try to do, again, is to educate people in this state about the issues that are dominating health care. And that's a, that's a good point you made about sharing it. So, so it's not just people just don't see it on your website. I know they see it on the Journal Constitution, and I think I've heard you on the radio. Where, where else can they find it? Well, you can find it in newspapers such as the the Albany Herald. You can find it on WABE and GPB websites. Uh, our stuff is run in the major media markets across the state. The Rome News Tribune, for example, does a lot of our carries a lot of our articles, and uh, we we have done things with the AJC as well. So, um, and we do we have a radio show uh, with GPB that's uh, weekly. It, it comes out of WUGA in Athens, and uh, it's we talk about a story or two that's uh, been been reported by us, and so we give people a flavor of uh, on the airwaves in, on the NPR stations here about what we're doing. So my understanding is, for with Kaiser Health News, you become the uh, kind of the head of the South Bureau. Is that correct? Yeah, we, how this came about, Mitch, is like I'm advancing in years here. This is, next year will be my 30th year. Are are we all right? (laughs) (laughs) Well, that's true. But, uh, next year will be my 30th year covering healthcare. And so, um, we felt that, uh, we had to kind of collaborate with another organization, uh, partner with another organization to keep this thing going. Because we know that the need is there, certainly we we feel that healthcare is the still remains one of the top three issues in in Americans' minds, and it's true certainly in Georgia as well. So, uh, Kaiser Health News said that they wanted to uh, start a Southern Bureau, and uh, and they asked me to stay on as kind of like a interim bureau chief as they expand in the southeast. 
And so we began this uh, partnership. I think this is the fourth week we've been under their uh, wing, so to speak. And uh, they're a like-minded organization as us. They have a national focus uh, and they have the resources and the support to really, I think, take health reporting in Georgia to the next level, as well as in the Southeast. Yeah, and and you've got, uh, I think the information I saw that you've got uh, Sabria Rice, who's going to be kind of coming on with you as well. What's 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 Sabria's background? Sabria is... Uh, is works as a night chair at the University of Georgia, their health and medical journalism program. And she's a longtime health journalist and, and uh, she's actually a board member of Georgia Health News. And so what she's going to be is like a senior advisor to this effort here by Kaiser in the Southeast. So we'll still see the Georgia Health News brand for some time. It'll kind of be integrated with, with, uh, Kaiser Health News over some period of time, I would imagine. Yeah, and uh, you'll still, yeah, you'll still be getting, the readers will still be getting, those who signed up for our email alerts will still be getting that. Uh, and we'll c- continue our social media feeds as well. And and so, yeah, I mean, it, it should, there shouldn't be any disruption to readers. In fact, they'll, I think this will be an enhancement because we we are hiring, I think, uh, soon a reporter position here in Georgia as well. Yeah, and, and you're going to start covering, kind of expanding, covering at least five southeastern states. Is that correct? That's correct. We'll have people in, in states that surround Georgia. Uh, it might turn out to be across the region from Texas to Florida up to North Carolina. It'll be a and as I said before, I think the South is sort of the battleground for healthcare right now. Uh, we have all these issues of uh, people without health insurance, people in poverty, there are health disparities that we'll cover, and it's just a dynamic place for for uh, the healthcare system. And, and we'll be tracking that. We'll be covering it hard. Well, and, you know, God knows, you know, healthcare news is more important than ever the last year and a half. Uh, and I know you've been focused on the pandemic and, and related issues quite a bit, but there's still those underlying healthcare issues that haven't gone away and if, if any, have probably gotten worse in a lot of cases in terms of rural healthcare and access to healthcare in, in, in smaller cities, correct? Yeah, the pandemic is like nothing that's ever been covered before by health journalists such as myself. So it's been a constant challenge, just understanding the science, understanding the impact on people and healthcare systems in this state and across the country. Uh, we're in our fourth surge right now and uh, Georgia has one of the highest infection rates in the country. So it's, it's something that's not gonna go away anytime soon. Uh, but yeah, it, it's it's really brought into play a lot of the access to care issues that which we knew were there before. It, it may have exacerbated that. And also health disparities as well, in the sense that uh, it, it appears that African Americans, for example, are more impacted, disproportionately impacted by COVID than the rest of the population. Has there been anything that I'm sure. I was going to say, is there anything that surprised you in the last year? But <laughs> in terms of your 
you know, kind of how you've been how you've been covering this story and how how uh, healthcare the healthcare industry has been working with you. Is there anything kind of unusual or interesting that has jumped out at you in terms of your work over the last year or so? Well, it's it's been constantly a surprise. I mean, it seems like every day there's a new angle to this, and um, you know, with a new Delta variant out there, it certainly has its effect. But the one thing I think that uh, I'm trying to write about <clears throat> that I have written about is the, the impact on the healthcare workforce. Uh, we have a lot of hospitals that are saying we don't have enough nurses, we don't have any respiratory therapists and and other staff members as well. And I think that a lot of the nurses have left the profession because of the strain that this virus has caused in terms of their daily workload. And I think that that's something that we're that I've tried to keep my eye on because we've we, I've dealt with nursing shortages in the past in, in my years of, as a healthcare reporter, but this one seems to be worse than ever. Do you have a feel for how this is going to pan out, or are we going to end up having to really raise the the pay and benefits for nurses to make to get more people into the profession to make it worth their while? Well, I think that's already happening. I think hospitals are paying temp nurses uh, a lot of money to come in and help kind of uh, relieve the burden of those that are already working there. I I also think uh, that some people who might be entering nursing now might be having second thoughts in the fact that, you know, hospitals are dangerous places to work in. you know, you have these high infection rates. Uh, and um, so I don't know, we'll have to see how it plays out. But certainly it's a big concern if you're a hospital CEO or a nursing home CEO, or it's just a, a huge concern. And and healthcare, of course, plays into politics or politics plays into healthcare in, in Georgia and, and other states. Uh, do you do you see what what sort of healthcare issues do you see coming up in the legislature in the next session in January? Well, I I think they'll be similar uh, to previous years. I think there'll be uh, some work on rural healthcare access issues. I, but I also think next year healthcare will be a big issue in the gubernatorial race and in, in other political races in our state and uh, uh, whether the state. Uh, is going to continue its uh, stance to not expand Medicaid. Or uh, I think you'll hear from Democrats the opposite, that uh, we need to do this. And so I think that's going to be a central issue in the, in the campaign. Yeah, and that's that's what I, I, that expansion was, it's kind of, it was a key thing that I was thinking of. And I, I don't know, I, I've gotten some inklings that the governor may be more leaning that way, but I, I don't know that I've seen anything definite from from legislators that that's going to happen. Well, he has a waiver plan that, that would add if uh, something like could be up to 50,000 people to Medicaid. There's a work requirement for that benefit for those uh, adults that would be getting it. And um, But the feds have kind of, uh, the Biden administration has essentially said that we're, we need to take another look at this that it was approved under the Trump administration, but uh, the current White House uh, is uh, leaning against it, I think most people would say. So it'd be interesting 
if the governor decided to go full-fledged Medicaid expansion. That'd be a big news story. <laughs> oh, I, I know. That'd be huge. And, and uh, you know, I guess the, the debate is whether that would help him or hurt him in, in the race. I mean, I would think if he was going to do that, that would be a campaign strategy, right? Either way. Well, I mean, it, uh, you know, I, I'm not – privy to his thinking on that (laughs) but i will tell you that it would uh it would take the issue off the table for the for the democrats and um so we'll have to see how it plays out get a balance you know that takes as you said takes off the issue take off table with the democrats but does his party support it enough that he gains or loses uh votes you know depending on that question i mean i i I'm not a political reporter, although I uh, follow it. And, uh, you know, these, you know, you never know. Uh, you never know how things will, will play out in, in actuality. Yeah, and I, I'm not enough of a political PR guy to, to know enough about uh, about the government. I, 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 I'm at this level and I've got some, you know, the guys who do the political PR up here in no the, in the, in the details, right? Right. Right. Uh, all right. So. Let's get to the the really hard questions now. And I I, I told this was coming. So, right. so I, I always like to give our our listeners and viewers kind of a little bit of a flavor for the journalists that we're talking to. And and one of the ways to do that is kind of ask you know what's the what's the coolest thing about Andy Miller, or what's you know what's something fun that you do that people might not know about. Well, you know, I I made the mistake about 25 years ago of starting to play golf. And, um, you know, I love the game. It doesn't always love me, um, but uh, it's it's a great hobby to do. It gets me away from uh, the printed word, and all I care about is getting the ground ball into the round hole. And uh, so uh, so I guess that would be it. I mean, I... I um, I try to stay active physically as well, and just. Uh, but I don't know if cool really uh, describes me. So, so <laughs> my, know, I wish it did. But, uh, <laughs> I, I should wear my sunglasses on this interview. Maybe you might get that impression. There you go. There you go. I, I have seen people who do that. They wear their their shades all the time, and that's that's their thing. Yeah. All right. So. Um, Last, what's the last book that you read that you want to admit to, or the last podcast you've listened to? I'll give you the the book or book or podcast option. Well, I I like certain authors. I like kind of mystery uh, thriller type stories. So I'll just mention three authors that I that I really love reading. Um, well, four: Joe Nesbo, uh, Daniel Silva, John Sanford, and Michael Connolly. I love everything that they do. I will go out and you know buy their books immediately. I won't wait for paperback. I'll just go ahead and spring the whole cost the hardback so I can. Uh, but that those are the article. Those are the stories that I like. I I don't read a lot of nonfiction just because that I. Um, I deal with nonfiction in my normal life, although I just bought a biography of Albert Einstein, and then I, I got a biography of Babe Ruth, which are two way different people. So I'm just yeah, that could be interesting. kind of dabble in those two, you know. So um, so you're a hardcover versus paperback or Kindle? Yes, yes. Okay. All right. I've gotten more to Kindle. I don't know. It's just uh, 
easier. Yeah, I never to carry. got I never got into it. My, uh, just never felt like it was right for me. So right. I just I'm old school. <laughs> Emphasis on old. I'll go with emphasis on school. How about that? There we go. All right. Yeah. So uh, what's your favorite local restaurant? What's your go-to place? Oh, gosh. Uh, well, there's there's one called Pea Ridge over here near um, near us, near where we live here in DeKalb County. But I like several DeKalb County restaurants uh, close by. I, I like to go. We like to go into Decatur and, and eat there. So we we kind of had a rotation going on and unfortunately with COVID, well, fortunately with COVID, we've gone to places that uh, have outdoor seating. Yeah. Uh, Pea P- Ridge doesn't have uh, a deck, do they? Yeah, they do. Oh, they, they do? do? Okay. Yeah. yeah, yeah. Okay. So we, we uh, eclipsed Luna, which is in Buckhead. We like to go there. Um, just places where we can sit outside and we'll battle the flies if we have to. <laughs> There you go. Um, All right. Um, what's your uh, your favorite guilty pleasure? Well, you know, I the guiltiest thing that I do that that I'm preparing for right now is I do fantasy football, and uh, I've been doing this for I want to say almost ten years now, I think. And so I'm preparing for the NFL draft. I, I spend way too much time on uh, sports websites telling me who's injured, who's going to have a good year, et cetera. And so, um, so I guess that's it. And then I just, you know, I, I don't always watch all the football all the time, but I pay attention to who's doing well. Okay. okay. All right. Do you have a local getaway place you like to go other than golf? Right. We love to go to the beach. I mean, wherever it is, whether it's in Florida, the Panhandle or the Atlantic coast or, we we really do like the beach, uh, just you know, even if it's for a long weekend. We don't have a place, but uh, we we'll, we find rentals and then we just go. Okay, all right. Favorite uh, non-work hobby? Uh, it's got to be golf. Got to be golf. Okay. Do you have a favorite a favorite course? Well, I play a lot at Heritage Golf Links, which is over here in Tucker. It's near my house. and uh, But we play, you know, friends of mine and I play all kind of all over, the, you know, kind of this side of Atlanta. And uh, we, we we don't go to the – we're not members of Augusta National or <laughs> anything like that, Atlanta Athletic Play Club. We just go and play. All right. Very good. Um uh, I always like to give a little little shout out to any you know nonprofits or or charities that you that you like or support. Is there anyone that you particularly uh, think is doing great work that people should take a look at? Well, I, I wanted to mention uh, the person who works with me, assistant editor, copy editor, Gerdine Dyer, who's been absolutely instrumental for our success if, um, at Georgia Health News. But uh, you know, we like to give. Uh, to an organization called Food for the Poor, which has a pretty high rating in terms of the the amount of money that goes into actually operations versus administration. Right, right. And uh, we, we we like to, you know, St. Vincent de Paul, you know, and, and we like to give to people that uh, into areas that really have great need. And certainly hunger is a need. Uh, not just in our country, obviously, but all over the world. Okay, I'll, and I'll put the uh, 
the websites in for those two in the in the bottom here and uh, in the great. in the comments so people can can find those too. Um, any other of your colleagues that that we that you want to mention, folks? Folks well, who work. Had, well, we've had fantastic uh, partnerships with different national organizations like WebMD and Brenda Goodman has been great. We've had we've worked with ProPublica. We've worked with Huffington Post on major uh, long pieces, and so um, and we were privileged to have Max Blau for a year. He was with ProPublica, and he worked for both us and ProPublica, and that was a great thing. So we've enjoyed great partnerships with other media organizations, and that's been part of our success. Excellent. All right, so the, the key thing here is to know that uh, the great work that Georgia Health News is doing and has done will continue through with through Kaiser Health News in some fashion, and, and I think you were saying that there will be an archive so that people can find the, the old stories in, in some fashion so that that will be around as long as the Internet's around, right? Yeah, and the mission is very similar to what we do. I mean, we write about issues that people need to know about, uh, insurance, access to care, uh, cutting-edge research. I mean, these, these things, out-of-pocket costs, these things are on people's minds, and um, it, and certainly uh, they're going to continue to be on people's minds. Very good. Anything else that we haven't talked about that you do you want to mention? I don't think so. Excellent. Tell me, tell me who I should draft tonight. <laughs> <laughs> you know, you're asking the wrong person about about uh, fantasy football. I, uh, you know, I, I I follow my college teams where, where my kids go to school, but uh, oh, okay. I, I am not a good. Uh, Fantasy football right. well, expert. If you ever into it, man, you're in. You got to be into it. I know. Oh, I, I know. I know. One more, one more thing to be into, right? <laughs> I know. I know. Excellent. Well, we've, we've been talking with Andy Miller with Georgia Health News and the soon-to-be Kaiser Health News Network, which is going to be expanding uh, into at least five states, maybe more across the South, or however anyone defines the South. Andy, thank you for for being with us today. Thanks for having me, Mitch. Always a pleasure. Very good. And this has been another edition of the Four Questions Journalist Spotlight.